It's Chelsea. It's Nina. And And you're in the the Critics' Kingdom. And welcome to another week of the Critics' Kingdom. Today, we're going to be reviewing Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, the last of the high school universe, high school musical universe, Disney Channel original movies. Yes. Um, I will say that this is our first time watching this one because it came out in 2011. So we were both um, going to college. So (laughs) we did not watch it. We did not watch it when it came out. Um, Beyond that, didn't know it came out. (laughs) No, I think I I remember I heard about it because the thing is, I remember from high school musical, low key Sharpay was like my favorite character because she was just funny. Like, unintentionally funny. All the time. Uh, well, I mean, I think that they, they played her up. Like, once they realized, I think from the first movie, they realized that people liked her a lot. Because that's also the only reason why she would have gotten her own film, I imagine. Yeah. No, she was definitely, like, the only one that people would have cared to see do a separate film. Yeah, like, I sure. personally would not have cared to see what Troy Bolton or <laughs> Gabriella Montez were doing at the University of Albuquerque. Literally um, doesn't matter. <laughs> or, well, didn't Gabriella go to Yale? She might, yeah, 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 yeah. I really don't know. I I don't know. She might have gone to an Ivy or to Stanford. Maybe I don't. Know. I like I read the Wikipedia page, but I forgot. <laughs> like I like it just it didn't stick. Um, so yeah, um, it came out in two thousand and eleven, which was you know a good amount. I mean, a, yeah, a good amount of time after the release of the third film, but in theater. Like the third film was released in theaters, which is also why we are not covering it in this particular podcast. Um, so I think it came out three years after that last film. Yeah, the last one came out in 2008. Yeah, so um, a little, not a little, a lot after the fact, uh, which we will get into later. But with that, Chelsea, would you like to get into the recap? Yes. So... Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure opens up with Sharpay performing at her parents' country club that we just left in High School Musical 2. Um, and she's performing, like, a new song, and, you know, the, the lighting and everything is all professional. Afterward, you know, everybody applauds, and she goes to see her parents in the um, atrium area, and they're talking to this big Broadway producer and casting director, Jerry Taylor, and he was like, oh, like, you were so great. I absolutely love it. And it's her and her dog, you know, because she carries that dog everywhere. Because, again, this is supposed to be a Paris Hilton parody, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, offers her a chance to star in his next Broadway show. He's like, I think you'd be great. Like, this would be awesome. You should come to New York and, you know, we can make it happen. So immediately she goes to her dad. And she's like, Dad, I need to go to New York, like, ASAP. And he was like, I don't know, Sharpay. I feel like you got to figure it out here. And, and this is where we learned that she actually has taken a gap year, essentially, to kind of figure out what she wants to do and what she wants to pursue. Um, and so she's just been at home this whole time, after, a year after they all graduated from East High. And her dad finally relents, is like, okay, 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 I will let you go to New York and I will pay for you to have a penthouse and like for you to do your thing, but you only have a month. And if you don't get it together in a month, you're packing your bags and coming right back here to Albuquerque. So she's like, all right, that sounds good. Gets to New York um, and her mother tells her, oh, you also need to meet with 
one of my college friends, her son goes to like the equivalent of NYU essentially. And he's like trying to be a director. His name is Peyton. You need to meet with him. And while you're in New York. So she was like, okay. So she finally gets to New York, gets into her penthouse. It's beautiful. She loves it. You know, her and her dog boy are like, you know, just having time of their lives. And then the woman who owns the building or is on the co-op, whatever, comes in and then she's like oh I'm so glad you love it blah 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 and she's like but you can't have this dog and Sharpay is like what do you mean boy is like my best friend and the girl's like yeah no we have we're no pets allowed building like you can't have the dog so you either have to get out or you get rid of the dog and Sharpay's like well my dad's paying for all of this and you need our money she does not realize this is New York exactly Um, they they need nobody's money because there's always another buyer um <laughs> or a renter. Love capitalism. Literally. Love so they kick her out <laughs> on her ass. Um, this is when she decides she's going to contact Peyton, her mother's friend's son. Peyton comes and picks her up and he sees all of her pink luggage and is like, okay. And he's like videotaping everything because he thinks he's true from True's Confessions. And he's like, oh, you know, like, I love this. Like, this is so funny, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, don't just tape me, like, help me. So he takes her to his apartment building and he's like, I can get you a studio here. And she goes into his studio and she was like, this is a broom closet. And he is like, you are absolutely correct. Um, But your broom (laughs) closet is over there. So that he takes her to her studio, which is a typical New York studio. I will say, like, they actually did this pretty true (laughs) to what it looks like. It was like <laughs> decrepit, falling apart in some places, a little grimy. Um, but that's a shock for her because obviously she just came from a literal penthouse and she has all this pink luggage and she's like, I hate this, but I will make the best of the situation. <laughs> I hate this. So then she makes True. Peyton chip in with her and like completely redecorates the place into like a pink palace. And she's like, all right, well, I have this audition tomorrow and I'm going to get this Broadway gig. And he's like, wow, this is like a lot of stuff you got going on here for being here for approximately 10 minutes. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm already going to be this big person, blah, blah, blah. And she goes the next morning to the audition and she goes to Jerry and she's like, hey, like I'm here for the audition. And the production is called The Girl's Best Friend. And He's like, oh, great, you brought boy. Boy is perfect, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what do you mean? And then he's like, yeah, like the audition's for boy or dog, not for you. And she's like, that makes no sense, but okay. She decides she's just going to take it and she wants boy to get it, even though she's like really pissed because she's like, why did you not tell me this? Um, And he's like, I'm so sorry I didn't make things clear. And she's just seething, but she's like, fine, boy can, you know, audition because she sees that her favorite Broadway actress, Amber Lee, is the star of this musical so she's going to be able to meet her so and then boy will be able to work with her so they, she meets Amberly, who's a super nice broadway star like very seems like very down to earth and very nice and chill with everybody and um they also get another dog who comes in the running um who is owned by this like 12 year old boy named roger elliston and the dog's name is Countess. So then what ends up happening is Boy and Countess end up end up in this like competition where they're trying to figure out which dog is gonna make it to the final like Broadway show part. So they just like switch them out whenever they're like rehearsing um with Amber Lee. And they so they just, you know, switch them on and out. And then in the meantime, Sharpay tries to get closer and closer to Amber Lee because she's like, if I get close to Amber Lee, then boy's more likely to get the job. Plus, like, Amber Lee is her, like, idol. 
So Amber Lee one day is like yelling at her assistant and ends up firing her on the spot. And Sharpay then comes in and is like, oh my gosh, Amber Lee, like I could totally be your assistant. I understand you. I know you. And she's really just thinking, and now my dog will have a better chance of like getting in to be the dog and the production. So Amber Lee is like, oh yes, you'd make a perfect assistant. We could be best friends, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, basically low-key hires Sharpay to almost be her maid. She calls her in the middle of the night and is like, I need you to resort, like, my shoes and stuff. And makes her, like, do all, like, the little, you know, like, go get this, go get that. Like, get my laundry. You know, come over whenever I need you. And she's like, that's what best friends do is, like, how she, like, gets Sharpay to do it. Um, and after doing this for a little while, Sharpay is getting very annoyed because she's just like, I'm a super rich girl. Like, this is my job to do that to other people. (laughs) You can't do that to me. (laughs) So she is annoyed by that, but she keeps doing it because she's like, it's all for boy to get this job, like blah, blah, blah. And then one day they get to set and boy and countess have actually like ran off with one another and nobody can find them. Like her and Roger, her and Roger are like looking all over the place for them. And Peyton ends up actually finding the dogs and he then reunites them with, you know, their respective owners. And he tells Sharpay that she needs to start trusting her own talent rather than selling her soul to get ahead in the industry um, because she's been doing all this crazy stuff for Amber and she just kind of pays Peyton dust and is like, yeah, but you don't know this industry. And then goes back to doing what she was already doing. And then her and Roger keep playing tricks on each other whenever each other, whenever the opposite dog is like acting with Amber, they play a trick so that that dog starts acting up. So then Amber and the producers are less likely to choose them. But one day she's like going by Amber Lee's dressing room and she overhears Amber saying like, oh, I hate dogs so much. Like, honestly, I just want to get rid of them. And the producer's like, well, it's called a girl's best friend. So you can't really do that. And they're like, well, I, she's like, I don't care. Like, it's my play. So you guys have to do what I want you to do. And they are like, well, we'll, we'll see what we're going to do. So Sharpay realizes like they, basically she's going to get rid of the dogs because she gets what she wants. So she teams up with Roger then and they like have this plan when a bunch of, um, I think, school children are coming to visit the set or something, they're like, oh, I think that they're, they're like doing a pre-screening, a pre-viewing of the show. It's yeah, like yeah, it's like a what do they call that? Not not a dress rehearsal. There's a name for it. It's previews. I get previews. That's what they call. Yeah, it. yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. They're doing previews for the show, and while Amber's getting ready, they basically hot mic her. Like <laughs> they they put the mic they put the mic on and they leave it on her while she's like getting dressed and getting ready and then they have one of the dogs like they smear some chicken on her shoes so then the dogs will come running so that she can you know show her true colors and which is exactly what happens she starts freaking out and she's like no these freaking dogs I hate dogs so much blah 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 and obviously you know it's a bunch of white people so that's like the worst thing you could ever say um, <laughs> and they heard the whole thing because she's the mic is hot so it's on. And um, she turns around and like everybody heard her say that. And so she's pissed. Everybody officially like hates her. But she's like, I didn't do this to myself. Somebody did this to me. And then Sharpay basically is like, yeah, I did that. So then they're like, well, Sharpay, you and your your dog are fired. So y'all gotta go. (laughs) And Sharpay's like, I guess I'll take that. Like, fine. Um, And then the next day they assemble all the cast and crew besides Amber Lee because Amber Lee decides she wants to quit. So they're like, the show is going to be canceled because like we don't have a star anymore. 
but somehow Peyton is there and he's like, well, I have this video that I took covertly of Sharpay singing the main song and you should watch it. So then they watch it and they're like so moved that they're like, we need Sharpay as our lead. So Sharpay ends up getting hired officially as the lead and they have this big debut and the pre like the big um, premiere with her parents and the paparazzi and the producers and everybody's there to support her as the lead of a girl's best friend. And that is how it ends. And with that, we will be right back with the review. Into the review. Um, this movie doesn't need to exist. That's like, that's actually all I, like, that's what I can say about it. It's not, it just came out so much later than, like, all of the other High School Musical films. And it's not about the principal cast. It's not really about anyone in the principal cast except Sharpay. None of the principal cast show up at all. Although apparently, I guess her brother shows up in some sort of, like, secret ending that premiered on television, but isn't available on Disney+. Plus. Um, and it's also just a wild departure from everything about High School Musical. Um, it's just, you know, it plays a lot more like a, like an indie, like, yeah, like a, it reminds me of like, um, like Uptown Girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's just a very, very different film in the universe it is it's and i therefore then question like first of all how much money did they pay ashley tisdale to do this and because <laughs> <laughs> i mean um and just like who like i just don't know the intention of the film like or the intention behind the film like was it an attempt to keep high school musical alive was it an attempt to like get other kids like younger kids into the franchise like I just don't and if it was this was just a strange way to go about it now mind you like you said like I actually would not have cared to watch anything about Troy or Gabriella or the rest of them but it also would have made more sense to try to make something about Troy or Gabriella or anybody else. you know what I mean like it's or at least include them in it somewhere it was just a very it's a very it's a it's a weird standalone film of the universe Yeah, I I think what we were saying, and I think how I saw this one is I was like, I think this would have done a lot better right after High School Musical 3 came out. So like if High School Musical 3, it came out in 2008, if this had come out in like 2009, or maybe later on in 2008. Yeah, I think it would have done a lot or I, I think I would have been able to understand why they did it a lot more. It coming out three years later was just like it it just felt like it was a very random way to like you were saying keep the name and the brand alive um but in a weird way like I don't know if it really it didn't really do that because I was like I feel like you guys did what you wanted to do with it properly when they just made High School the Musical the series in 2017 you know like it had been like almost 10 years it had been 10 years actually since the first one so you were that's the way you get a new group of people is you like make it with a new group of kids, you know? So I feel like this just felt like a weird 
grab at something and it didn't really work out all that well. I will say I, I did enjoy Sharpay as a character. Like I was saying earlier, she was always just like a fun, a fun, she's a fun side character because she's just ridiculous. Like that's the whole thing. She's just a yeah. ridiculous person and she's just really into her musical theater and arts. Um, and, and that's her shtick. Like that's just her whole thing. And it's like, okay, like that's cool. And she was always funny. She had some good quips and this one, she had some good quips too, but it did feel wholly unnecessary. Like, yeah. wholly unnecessary um, as a film instead of just making it like I don't know vignettes or something I mean like I just think of like all the times when Disney I don't know if they still have this but when we were growing up you had Mike's Super Short, Short Show and you had As the Bell Rings the older we yeah. got like they would have those little like one minute in between shows things because mm-hmm. they didn't have to show commercials <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's true it's like when i think back on it it's like that's like i never watched commercials on disney channel like, no was, i, I was, just literally thought about that right now like i, I was just <laughs> like wait they didn't have commercials they had mike super short show and as the bell rings and like all of those little like 30 second to a minute long yeah little super short things i actually think that would have been a much better version for the or a much better way to do this <laughs> personally <laughs> just do like little mini things but yeah yeah it just felt very unnecessary it does have austin butler in it which if you're somebody who um you know is like into the news and stuff now he's like one of those like really big up-and-coming actors and he's going to be playing elvis in the boz lerman um adaption that's coming out at some point soon i guess or next year i don't know um so now he's like super you know big but it is very interesting to see him in this role as Peyton where he's playing second fiddle to Sharpay <laughs> um but yeah it, it just you know the quips were good in this one but meh. Meh. yeah that's kind of that's just where it lives it's a it's a it's a meth film um I mean I do think that they do like a they do a pretty they do a fair job, um, a reasonable job of sort of expressing, of like shattering her expectations, you know, um, of showcasing the way in which, which is, it's very true for a lot of kids who like come to the city with big dreams and think that it's going to, just, they're just not prepared for the fact that it's going to be very, very difficult to get there. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. not going to be a quick turn around you're gonna be broke and miserable for a long time um she's lucky that she knew somebody in the city a lot of people come and they don't have friends and they have to figure out how to make friends there you know like it's just it's a it's not an easy thing to do um and it's riddled with like true tests and challenges of like willpower um and you have to stick that out in order to get to that, whatever the next level is that you would like to be, you have to do it. Um, so like they do a reasonable job of showcasing that. Now, obviously it's a, it's a kid's film. So things just work out. Right. <laughs> of course, <laughs> Like it all just works out, which like, that's just entirely unrealistic. It's also deeply unrealistic that like, I'm sorry, it's Broadway. And like, you know, the patrons of the theater love the theater, support the theater, do what they have to do to keep the theater alive. But Broadway is not making a crazy amount of money, right? 
Right. That's not, it's a, like Broadway, like Broadway is a passion project more so than it's not. Or theater is a passion project more so than it's not. Yeah, you do um, it for the love of it. And, and there's just no scenario where like a show, a show, a, a, a new show about like a girl and her dog that like isn't necessarily that good of a show to begin with loses its headliner and they're going to just replace her with an unknown, no credit having new talent. Um, like the chances of that are deeply, deeply slim because people probably won't come to see that. And the headliner leaving will look bad. Exactly. I think it's, yeah, that was the part where I was like, okay, this is a kid's movie. Uh, (laughs) When that happens, I was like, there's literally no way. I'm sorry. There's also no way that a casting director would not, if they liked your dog, not say I like your dog. Yeah. That like, was from the beginning. Because even we were confused until they got to that point where he was like, oh, I was talking about your dog. And I'm like, okay, but you never specified that. Why would you not specify that? Yeah. That's, That's like... No. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how casting works. Um, <laughs> they're In- very direct and very explicit. Because <laughs> they have to be. <laughs> if nothing else. Like, if nothing else. Yeah. Like, ugh, like you, you kind of have to be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was like it's a, it's a, it's a, it was fine. Like, like you said, there were some. Sharpay has always been very sort of like witty, and she's always had. She just throws good shade. Like yeah. she's good at that shit. Um, has been from jump, and it's all like it was just it was pleasure. Eh, trying that again. <laughs> It was pleasant watching her do that for a full film because, as you said, like those were some of the best moments of High School Musical, um, I would argue. But outside of that, it was yeah, it's just interesting because it's like even for like a decom, it just feels like it lives in a weird space. Yeah, it's because we don't have any other decoms about kids like in college, like that age range is not yeah typical of like there are no real disney challenge or movies about kids in college or kids like on the which is, is the only like, one i can think of and i remember we even remarked on it college. yeah yeah and we remarked on on the second one i think the first one no she's in college in the first oh one yeah because they're driving around that porsche yes um yeah. <laughs> the porsche, i don't know what that has nothing to do with college porsche. but like <laughs> that just makes me think about it um yeah but even then like that was the thing of like Sister, sister had been on. Like, they couldn't... Like, at that point, they were, like, 30. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't put them in high school. Like, that wouldn't have made any goddamn sense. Like, they were grown women. um, And everyone knew that because we grew up with them. But, like, this is a little... It's just a little stranger and a little weird because she's also not in college proper. You know? It was just all very... It's It was very... It was very interesting. Um... But I also understand why the, why it probably didn't do very well, comparatively. Yeah. To other comms and definitely comparative in comparison to High School Musical. Yeah, I think it was just the wrong. It was the wrong timing, the wrong demo. It just wasn't because even the kids who probably watched two thousand two thousand eight who watched HSM three by twenty eleven, 
they're probably all in high school. They're not watching Disney anymore. And then the younger kids may not have the same, um, even though I know they play high school musical all the time, but like they just may not have the exact same affinity. So yeah. it, it, it's just, yeah, it just felt a little, it felt very off for a DCOM yeah. catalog. And we also, I don't think we've ever had a movie that's just about the random, sorry, she's not random, but about like just the side character, not even a sidekick, but the side character. <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure for sure um and it's and i will say like like i I've said this before i think i said it on the high school musical 2 pod uh episode yes i don't know what's going on today man <laughs> is mercury in retrograde <laughs> it might be that might be what's going on uh but yeah so my little sister I asked her about this because I was like, did you care about Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure? And she she had a very, like, she was like, eh. I think she had sort of the response that I have when people ask me about High School Musical 3 where I'm like, I know I watched it, but I mean, uh. <laughs> um, Because she was like, oh, like, I have a, like, she's like, I know that I watched it. I didn't care. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I only watched it once. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it didn't, like, like, there wasn't much excitement about it. And like when I watched, I was like, okay, and moved on with my life. Um, so even though those people for whom like this was, I guess like the target audience for, because uh, I guess the idea was that you wanted it to like in the way that Toy Story did that, where it's like you wanted to reflect the age of the children watching it, or who start who saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, she was like, yeah, no, or the concerns <laughs> of the children who watched it the first time. She was like, yeah. I, I didn't fuck with it. My friends didn't fuck with it. It came and it went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just don't think think it did what they wanted to do. Uh, It wasn't giving what they thought it was giving. Um, At all. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it was, it's like, it's, it's okay. There were some funny quips. Like, I think we both wrote down a few quotes that we thought were funny. Um, and they also weirdly they they did Amber Lee in a weird way because like it went a little point, too deep. <laughs> yeah, like they had one point when we first meet her where she's like, "I love the Great White Way," which is you know a euphemism for Broadway if you don't know. Um, and she's like, "But I also love all colors," and it's like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, "I don't what." <laughs> It's also very strange because there are like no black people, like there are no people of color in this. Or I guess the no, the casting director is um because he's played. Is it? Isn't it? What's his name from? Uh, oh God, it's gonna drive me crazy. They have what? um one of them is is Filipino. Yeah, but he's like, isn't he like in? He's in stuff. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. Alec Mappa is his name. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. But, like, which is, again, how much money did you pay him? Like, I, I just have questions. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, it's like there are no other people of color that I can recall in the film. No, you're not wrong. You're correct. So, like, what <laughs> Like what was the... And we don't really return to that. as a, Like, it was just a very... I was like, why did she say that? Why didn't you cut that line from the film from the edit? Like, I don't think... 
when you played the whole movie, like, I guess that's just supposed to be one of those things of, like, to showcase how, like, fake she is. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather we not use race to do that. Can we just... Moving forward. Can we not do that? Um, it's a turbulent time. <laughs> it's always been a turbulent time. The rest of y'all are just now catching up, but, you know, let's just stop. Let's stop with that. <laughs> let's just that's a call that i'll make on this podcast i will or, say she was pretty um typical of, of a lot of bosses though entertainment bosses yeah um yeah like there, like without like there were moments in that where i was like yeah man and i think that's kind of part of what i meant was like you're gonna have to like do some things you don't want to do like yeah like i've definitely had friends who are like scrubbing actresses toilets like that's a real thing <laughs> i mean um but yeah. you know yeah i feel like do you what know, you it's gotta a, do it's like you what you were saying where it it strangely is actually a very good representation of the entertainment industry to a degree in terms of like you can come in and be the hottest person ever and you know have all the connections have all the money when sharpay's case mostly have all the money um yeah. and you can start at this industry at the bottom and like nobody will care. Yeah. <laughs> like literally nobody will care. It's like the only equalizing thing they have in this industry. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean it's also why like ironically enough that's why a lot of like top spaces in the industry can afford to pay the their lowest level or assistance pennies. Yeah. Like, no money because they know that the vast majority of those people in those positions actually do come from like some form of money or have like some like, like sort of very stable situate financial situations. uh, So that like, they're not nickel and diming off of that paycheck. So like your, like your money and your breeding kind of like, it might be helpful to get you in the door, but in terms of like grunt work, you're still and doing like, it. having to pay your dues. Yeah, you just got to do that. Like, there's no real, like, you got to do it. Um, for the most part, like, there are obviously always exceptions, but generally, you know, yeah. But if you're trying to be an agent, like, you're not gonna. Nobody's gonna just hire you to be an agent. You're gonna start in the mail room, and yep. you're gonna have to work your way up. No, exactly. It is. It is truly the one thing that they uh, normalize for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> We we don't care. We don't really care who you are. You're just kind of gonna do this. Um, exactly. Uh, Creates a very interesting culture, I will say. Entertainment, um, like yeah, because like there's this, and I mean it's also it, like we're seeing it, like all of the repercussions of these things. Hopefully, starting to happen now. Scott Rudin's like you know a big deal that just happened. Um, but it's also part of what creates the psychology of like horrible bosses yep because it's always this thing of like i had to do i had to do all of that and i had to do worse than you because there were less rules about what was acceptable like what was unacceptable to do to other people in society Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like shut up and go go get me my like go get me the salad the way that i asked for it right (laughs) no it is it is um i was actually speaking with a friend about the whole rudin situation and she was saying like oh you know what's funny is entertainment is like one of the few industries where having a um bad personality 
and being a horrible boss to your staff is considered a positive trait. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it is 100% true because then what really happens is you actually get a mystique, which is positive in this, in this industry and in some of some other industries. It's like, if you're known as like, oh, well you can survive that person yeah then it's like oh wow they must really they're like a they're crazy genius or whatever you know like it goes like that way um so it is very interesting that they also show that off here and especially from like a talent perspective um because yes a lot of talent can be (laughs) finicky yeah yeah persnickety it can be a turbulent experience like that's (laughs) a lot of highs and a lot of lows and you know the wave went between that yeah which is what uh, Sharpay was doing in this movie you really have to swallow pride you have to swallow your ego and if somebody wants you to like go out and cut all their grapes up every Friday then you gotta cut up all the grapes (laughs) on a Friday even if you think it doesn't make any sense yeah it's, it's not your decision to make yeah and if you don't and if you can't hack it then you gotta bounce like if you can't do that like and that's okay like there's a certain level to which like you know i almost respect the people that are like i'm not i'm not doing that like i'm not gonna degrade myself to do that and have the pride to like walk away like from that like great for you you know everybody's got to do what they've got to do to like be okay Mm -hmm. but um yeah like like you gotta just walk away. <laughs> like if you can't do it, you gotta walk away because that's like that's like part of the things that like you know what I mean. Like yes, no one should be throwing anything at people. Like that's absurd. But like, yeah, somebody wants their salad a certain way. <laughs> like you gotta get them the salad a certain way, or you shouldn't be working for them. You know? Yeah. No, you you just have to learn somebody's ticks. Yeah. Like, you know their little idiosyncrasies. And that's what a personal assistant is, you know? Like, that is what that job entails. Yeah. You're literally just like, I will essentially do your beck and call whenever you need me to. <laughs> yeah. Which is also a big distinction. that, And I'm glad that they do that in this. Like, she's not an assistant to the production or anything like that. She is an assistant to the actress. Right. Amber Lee is her name. Right. Um, and that is a, that is a very specific job. Yes. In which you are at someone's beck and call. Right. Because there is no HR in that. <laughs> really? If we're being honest, production, you got to like, like, productions, you have more people involved with you. So it's like, there's at least some sort of baby system that might like, you know, come into play should something go really wrong. But, but you don't really have that if you yeah, are just it's like, like, you have to, the assistant to, to like, an actress or whatever. Yeah, it has to be like, like your HR is like a police report or a lawsuit. <laughs> like it's not. There's no. There's no claim to be filed. You know what I mean? Like it's just those are. That's the only thing that you can do. Um, and if that person, and if like people have the buddies, like have personal assistants and like have them do certain things because they know that they can pay them to do those things, like they probably can pay you enough to settle. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> or um, just not even get to that point and just go away. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I guess with all of that, Chelsea, do you think that you would show this to your kids? No. 
like <laughs> not in that, not in a situation that it's like harmful it's it's truly harmless um but it's just like there was no point for it yeah like there's nothing even i don't there's not really even redeeming qualities to it like if i'm really thinking about it like it's like yeah she gets a couple quips in that are kind of funny but like other than that no there's better versions of this type of story out there yeah that's for sure what about you um i think it falls into that thing of like if they turn it on whatever like like you said it is a completely harmless film <laughs> um and like the le- like the takeaway lessons are like fundamental you know what i mean like at the end she does own up to the fact that she's the one who did that to amberly right you know like Amberly does get a form of justice, but she gets a form of justice too. Like even like the the base, unlike High School Musical too, the morality of this film makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, and so like you know, there's nothing in it that I would object to or feel would warrant further discussion discussion with children. I am having a problem today. <laughs> after they, <laughs> I don't know what is going on, y'all. Yeah. Um, after they watch this film, so they can watch it. I I can't um like it would be strange to me if it became like a favorite movie of <laughs> There's always that possibility, you know what I mean? Because kids yeah. are fickle, but <laughs> I would be very surprised if that happened. Um, if they asked me, mo- like, "Mommy, should we watch Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure?" We already watched all the High School Musicals. Should we watch Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure? I'd be like, "You really don't have to." <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that you gotta do but you know follow your own heart um but I would not be in the room <laughs> I wouldn't be in the room um she does say some funny things though you know she, she does no I, she, I keeps, would, she does keep that they, they write her that. very well she says some very funny things yeah they write that they write her well in that um but it's like, it's like as you said like there are just other movies that do this better like, I'd rather us watch something else um, that I could also enjoy with them. Let's have them watch The Assistant. <laughs> <laughs> just traumatize them super early. At, like, eight years old. <laughs> exactly. They're just oh, like, this- I feel tight. Like, I feel a tightening in my chest. <laughs> oh, all of the anxiety. Yeah, let's just is do that. Is this anxiety? Is this what anxiety is, Bobby? Am I having a panic attack? Um, yes, little one, you are. Oh, no. And it's important that you experience this early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all a joke. Don't show kids the assistant. No, please don't. But you should watch it if you uh, want to decide is, look yeah. at entertainment and being an assistant. Yeah, it is very, it's very a- accurate in terms of just depicting the level of anxiety and, like, the, re- I mean, here's the thing, like, yeah, the assistant is based on many bad bosses, but there are certain specific things about it, like the apology thing that- Oh, my God. Very rooted in, like, things Scott Rudin does. <laughs> so yes. That. Um, but, yeah, so, I, I guess with that, with that yeah. I guess we will catch you guys next week. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Critics Kingdom. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud so you can stay up to date, as well as interacting and letting us know what you guys think on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Critics Kingdom and on Instagram at The Critics Kingdom. We're excited to talk to you again next week. 